The world has faced an inflation crisis over the past two years, and many mainstream economists have blamed that inflation on wages, claiming that workers are getting paid too much money. However, in reality, when we look at inflation in Europe, the biggest contributor to inflation was corporate profits. In fact, rising corporate profits have contributed to nearly half of the inflation in Europe, whereas wages have only contributed around 15%, a small fraction. This is according to a study that was published this June by economists at the International Monetary Fund, the IMF. I have an article about this over at geopoliticaleconomy.com. I will link to it in the description below and you can get access to all of the sources that I'll be discussing today. The IMF economists wrote, quote, rising corporate profits account for almost half the increase in Europe's inflation over the past two years as companies increased prices by more than spiking costs of imported energy. The study includes a graph that shows how profits by corporations have been the most important factor in rising inflation. You can see on the graph that the red bar represents corporate profits. It shows that starting in 2021, as the world was coming out of the pandemic, corporate profits skyrocketed and they increased much faster than the increase in import prices. Now, why did import prices also increase? Well, first, that was because of the supply chain shocks when the world was coming out of the pandemic. And then in 2022, it was because of the war in Ukraine and the Western sanctions on Russia, which caused a massive increase in oil prices in the global market, considering that Russia is one of the world's leading producers of oil and gas. And Russia had been the largest provider of oil and gas to Europe. And that explains why energy prices skyrocketed in Europe in response to the war in Ukraine and the Western sanctions on Russia. However, the increase in import prices only contributed to 40% of the inflation in Europe, whereas rising corporate profits contributed to 45%. You can see this very clearly in the graph that was published by the IMF economists. And if you also look at the graph, you can see that since 2021, when the world was coming out of the pandemic, labor costs, that's wages, have only represented a small fraction of the inflation. So blaming workers' wages for the rise in inflation is completely absurd, considering it actually only represents around 15% compared to 45% for corporate profits and 40% for increasing import prices due to supply chain shocks and Western sanctions. In fact, the IMF economists wrote in their report that companies may have to accept a smaller profit share if inflation is to remain on track to reach the European Central Bank's 2% target in 2025. In other words, IMF economists are saying that corporate profits need to go down if Europe wants inflation to go down back to the manageable level of 2%. This is quite shocking and really incredible considering that for decades, the International Monetary Fund has been a voice for right-wing neoliberal economics 
constantly arguing in support of policies that support corporations against the interests of workers. But here they're acknowledging the undeniable fact that if Europe truly wants to bring down inflation, it has to rein in corporate profits. This is very important because for the past two years now with the inflation crisis in the West, mainstream neoliberal economists pushing this kind of right-wing free market economics, along with central bank officials in the United States and Europe, have constantly blamed wages, misleadingly, for inflation. Larry Summers, who previously served as the chief economist of the World Bank, the IMF's Bretton Woods sibling, Larry Summers argued that in order to bring down inflation in the United States, it needed to have unemployment rates rise to 6% for five years or rise to 10%. That is, he called for millions of workers in the United States to lose their jobs to bring down inflation. Similarly, the Federal Reserve, that is the U.S. Central Bank, has likewise been calling for wages to decrease. The chair of the Fed, Jerome Powell, said at a press conference his goal is to, quote, get wages down. In May 2022, Powell complained, quote, wages are running high, the highest they've run in quite some time. He complained that employment levels were high and, quote, employers are having difficulties filling job openings and wages are rising at the fastest pace in many years. The U.S. Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank have been using the false talking point that wages are supposedly rising too quickly in order to aggressively raise interest rates. And what this has done is it's arbitrarily causing an economic recession. The European Union is already going into an economic recession with major economies like the manufacturing superpower Germany going into a recession. And they're doing this in order to try to bring down wages and increase unemployment. But it's not wages that are significantly contributing to inflation. It's corporate profits. So they're causing a recession to beat down the power of workers in order essentially to save corporate profits and to bring down wages despite massive increases in corporate profits. This is pseudoscience. This is not real economics. And at the same time, by the way, those significantly increasing interest rates in the West are resulting in the US dollar in particular rising in value against other currencies, largely in the global south, which makes it very difficult for poor countries in the global south to pay for imports of technologies and medicines and commodities like oil and gas, which they usually buy in dollars. And even worse, it makes it harder for them to service their dollar denominated debts because as their currencies decrease in value against the dollar, it actually makes it much harder for them to get dollars. They have to export more and more and more to get dollars. And much of their debt is not denominated in their local currency. It's denominated in dollars. They can't print dollars to pay it off. So the U.S. Federal Reserve and also the European Central Bank, by constantly raising interest rates, they're causing a massive debt crisis in the global south. And they're trying to increase unemployment and bring down wages. And they're not talking about the fact that it's corporate profits that are responsible for the inflation above all other factors. It truly is ludicrous. 
This is what right-wing neoliberal economists always do. They're essentially waging a class war. They blame everything on workers and claim that workers have too much power, their wages are too high, we need to reduce their wages and increase unemployment in order to bring down inflation, never mentioning that corporations are making higher and higher profits. Most mainstream economists have echoed this misleading talking point. However, there have been some honorable exceptions. The political economist Isabella Weber from the University of Massachusetts Amherst has been speaking for years now about her idea of seller's inflation. Now, Isabella Weber was viciously attacked by mainstream neoliberal economists for pointing out that one of the biggest contributors to inflation in the past two years was corporate profits. She published an article in The Guardian in late 2021 titled, Could Strategic Price Controls Help Fight Inflation? She pointed out a critical factor that is driving up prices remains largely overlooked, an explosion in profits. In 2021, U.S. non-financial profit margins have reached levels not seen since the aftermath of the Second World War. This is no coincidence. She added that, quote, large corporations with market power have used supply problems as an opportunity to increase prices and scoop windfall profits. And in fact, if you look at the data from the U.S. Federal Reserve System, and specifically if you look at its data on non-financial corporate business profits after tax, you can see that there has been a massive increase in corporate profits since the pandemic in 2020. And you can also see, by the way, there was another huge increase in corporate profits right up before the 2008 financial crash. So even if you look at data from the Fed itself, it shows there has been a significant increase in corporate profits. However, despite this fact, Isabella Weber was viciously attacked by mainstream neoclassical economists. For instance, the New York Times pundit Paul Krugman, who won a Nobel Prize despite basically always being wrong, he harshly attacked Weber and said that her call for price controls was, quote, truly stupid. There were many other economists who basically said the same thing, and there was a lot of sexist attacks against Weber as well. And yet here we are in 2023 and Weber has been proven correct. She was right. We are seeing sellers inflation. Isabella Weber spelled this out in an academic article in February titled Sellers Inflation, Profits and Conflict. Why can large firms hike prices in an emergency? Now, the reason that this fact that corporations are driving inflation upset so many economists is because most economists are completely right-wing and neoliberal, and they simply echo the political and economic interests of the big corporations and billionaire oligarchs that fund economics programs across the United States and much of the world. They give the big endowments to universities and business schools. They're the Koch brothers and other oligarchs, and it's in their economic interest to convince everyone that the best way to run an economy is to privatize everything and cut social services and reduce wages and beat down unions and free the market and deregulate capital markets and 
lift all currency controls, the Washington Consensus Program that has been imposed on poor countries in the global south around the world. That's what they want people to think is the actual way to grow an economy, despite the fact that none of the wealthy, advanced capitalist countries in the West developed through that. They all developed, I mean, one, through imperialism and slavery and war, but also through protectionist measures and industrial policy and tariffs. And this has all been explained by development economists like Ha Jun Cheng. He showed how the wealthy imperialist countries like in Europe and the US all had very high rates of tariffs and other protectionist measures in order to economically develop and build their infant industries. And then finally, when they got to the level where they were able to compete internationally, then those same countries lectured poor countries in the global south to lift all protectionist policies, to privatize and deregulate everything, to impose the neoliberal Washington consensus. And this is exactly what most economists preach and they teach to their students. And if you listen to most mainstream neoclassical economists, there are three main types of inflation. Demand pull inflation, cost push inflation, and built-in inflation. Cost push inflation is partially what we've seen in the past few years, where the price of something like commodities in the international market skyrockets, like say for instance, oil and gas, and that is a raw material that is used in the production process. So when the price of oil skyrockets, it makes it much more difficult to produce goods that becomes more expensive. So then the end price of those goods increases. That is cost push inflation. Built in inflation is when there are expectations of inflation because inflation has happened in the past. Therefore, inflation happens again. So for instance, companies every single year frequently, they'll simply raise their prices because it's a new year and they expect prices to go up. So they're going to simply increase their prices because they want to, because they can make more profits. That is an example of built in inflation. However, with the rise of the monetarists in the 1980s and the neoliberals like Milton Friedman and the Chicago School of Economics at the University of Chicago, they insisted that really inflation was only caused by demand pull inflation. Milton Friedman famously argued that, quote, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, insisting that inflation is simply too much money chasing too few goods. This argument is obviously much too simple. And although it was pretty mainstream in the 1980s with the monetarists, it has been completely debunked. And even a lot of mainstream neoclassical economists, especially Keynesian economists today, don't agree with this ridiculous, simplistic understanding of inflation. Now, I'll point out that it shouldn't be a surprise that Milton Friedman and his extremist right wing free market fundamentalist economic ideology has been completely debunked because he was also the main inspiration for fascist dictators in Latin America, like, for instance, Augusto Pinochet, the murderous fascist dictator in Chile who overthrew the democratically elected socialist president Salvador Allende in 1973 in a military coup that was sponsored by the CIA. Pinochet then privatized everything massively, including 
water and electricity and even the pension system. And at the same time, he killed, tortured and exiled hundreds of thousands of leftist dissidents. Anyone who had a left wing bone in their body was at possibly going to be thrown in a concentration camp or killed or exiled by the US backed fascist Pinochet regime while it was imposing this right-wing libertarian neoliberal fundamentalist ideology. And Milton Friedman, in fact, visited Chile under Pinochet because Pinochet loved Milton Friedman so much. So that's the ideology that used to be completely mainstream in economics. And bit by bit, slowly, finally, that pseudoscience is dying out. And now more and more economists are slowly coming to see the reality that yes, corporations can cause inflation and are causing inflation. And not everything can be blamed on workers supposedly having too much power. Many of these monetarists claim that the reason there has been so much inflation in the past two years is because the Federal Reserve and other central banks went on a money printing spree, massively printing money. The Federal Reserve printed trillions of dollars. However, what they don't explain is why there was not significant consumer price index inflation in the past 15 years, because the US Federal Reserve carried out its quantitative easing policy of massive money printing going back to the aftermath of the 2008 financial crash. From 2008 until 2022, the Federal Reserve printed $8 trillion through its quantitative easing policies. However, we didn't see significant consumer price index inflation until after the pandemic was winding up around 2021 with the supply chain shocks caused by the pandemic, with the massive increase in commodity prices caused by the war in Ukraine and the Western sanctions on Russia. And of course, with the massive increase in corporate profits. Now, despite those quantitative easing policies that also happened in Europe, the West did not see significant consumer price index inflation from 2008 until 2021. However, what it did see instead was very significant asset price inflation because all of that money did not go into the pockets of poor and working people. It did not increase aggregate demand in the economy. In fact, aggregate demand was quite low because workers' wages had been so depressed. Instead, what happened is that that quantitative easing policy, the printing of $8 trillion by the Fed, ended up pumping up a massive asset price bubble, pumping up the prices of stocks and bonds and real estate, that meant that the rich got way richer and inequality skyrocketed in the Western neoliberal economies. One of the few economists who was talking about this, along with people like Isabella Weber, was Michael Hudson. And here at Geopolitical Economy Report, Michael Hudson has constantly talked about the fact that asset price inflation and consumer price index inflation are completely different. And Michael Hudson did an interview here at Geopolitical Economy Report back in 2022, in which he pointed out that the Federal Reserve raising 
interest rates in order to bring down wages and increase unemployment, this is only going to cause an artificial recession that is not going to deal with the root cause of inflation. He pointed out that one of the biggest causes for inflation, consumer price index inflation, was not only supply chain shocks, but corporate profits. He was saying this for well over a year. Uh, the result has been $9 trillion dollars uh, of uh, essentially uh, bank liquidity that the Federal Reserve has pushed in. Now, despite the fact that uh, it is asset price inflation, uh, the fact is that this asset inflation, this has all occurred on credit. It, it, uh, the asset price inflation has uh, occurred when the Federal Reserve uh, makes uh, uh, basically uh, repo swaps uh, with the banks, enabling the banks to uh, deposit uh, some of their uh, packaged mortgage loans or bonds or government bonds or even junk bonds with the Fed, and they get a deposit uh, with the Fed that uh, enables them to now turn around as if it's as if the Fed was depositing money in the bank like a depositor, letting it uh, lend more and more and more uh, for real estate, uh, which has pushed up the price. Real estate is worth whatever a bank will lend against it. And the banks have been uh, uh, lowering the uh, margin requirements, ease, easing the uh, uh, the terms of the loan. So the banks have uh, inflated the real estate market and also the stock and bond market. The uh, bond market from 2008 today has had the biggest bond rally in history. You can imagine uh, the bond prices uh, going down to uh, b below zero uh, percent. This is a huge capitalization uh, uh, of the bond rate. So it's been a bonanza for uh, people who've uh, held bonds, especially uh, uh, bank bonds, uh, and it's uh, inflated the top of the pyramid. But if you inflate it on debt, then somebody has to pay the debt. And the debt, as I just said, is the 90% of the population. So the, uh, the fact is that asset price inflation and debt deflation go together because the wealth part of the economy, the ownership part, uh, has been vastly inflated, the price of wealth relative to labor, uh, but the uh, the debtor part has been uh, uh, has been squeezed by having to, as I said, by families uh, having to pay much more of their income on uh, mortgages uh, uh, or credit cards or student debt, leaving less and less uh, to, to purchase uh, goods and services. So if there's a debt deflation, then how, why do we have a price inflation now? Well, the price inflation is largely a result of the war, uh, uh, the sanctions that the United States has uh, uh, imposed on, on Russia. Uh, Russia was, as you know, the uh, uh, major gas exporter, uh, oil exporter, and also the largest agricultural exporter in the world. So if you if you uh, exclude Russian oil, Russian gas, Russian uh, agriculture from the market, you're going to have uh, this, uh, a shortage of supply, and you're going to have uh, the prices uh, way up. So the uh, the uh, oil, energy, and uh, food have been a, a key element. And also, uh, under the Biden administration and the uh, certainly the Trump administration, there's been no enforcement of 
monopoly uh, prices. Uh, so you've had uh, essentially companies have been using their monopoly power to uh, charge whatever they want. And even though there, there wasn't really a shortage of gas or of uh, oil uh, earlier this year, you had a huge spike in the price for no other reason than the fact that the oil companies could charge it. Uh, partly this was done by financial manipulations uh, in the forward markets. And the financial markets had uh, bid up the price of uh, oil and gas, but also the, uh, the companies have. And right across the board, if you had a company in a commanding uh, position of being able to control uh, the market, as uh, Matt Stoller has pointed out uh, uh, often enough, uh, you've uh, essentially uh, permitted monopolies to take place. Well, uh, Biden had appointed a number of anti-monopoly officials uh, that uh, were going to try to uh, impose anti-monopoly legislation, uh, but they're not supported by the Democratic Party or the Republican Party enough to uh, really uh, empower them to uh, have had much effect so far. So the next time you see a Western government official or neoliberal economist try to blame wages for the increase in inflation, remind them that even the International Monetary Fund, which has been one of the main institutional supporters of neoliberalism, imposing neoliberal shock therapy policies through structural adjustment on countries across the global south, even IMF economists are now admitting the reality that sellers inflation is what we are seeing, that in Europe, nearly half, 45% of the rise in inflation has been caused by corporate profits and only 15% by wages. That is the reality. On that note, I'm gonna conclude. I'm Ben Norton, the editor of Geopolitical Economy Report. Please subscribe on whatever platform you're watching or listening on, especially if it's YouTube, that helps promote our material in the algorithm. In addition to the videos, we also have podcast versions of every episode. As I mentioned earlier, over at geopoliticaleconomy.com, I have an article which links to all of the sources that I discussed today, so you can fact check me. If you wanna support the work that we do, please go to geopoliticaleconomy.com slash support. And there are several ways you can donate. The best way is you become a donor over at patreon.com slash geopolitical economy. We have no institutional support and no big donors. We rely entirely on small donors from viewers and listeners like you. I want to thank everyone. I will see you next time.